Hi everyone, this is Amy Infinity, and you are listening to The Key to Courage. It's Amy Infinity. Welcome back to the Key to Courage podcast. So this week we're going to be talking all about personal antidotes. Now, what am I talking about when I say antidote? Keep in mind, uh, just a disclaimer here, I am not a psychiatrist, a psychologist. I'm not going to be prescribing anything, any kind of medication especially, nothing like that. But what we're going to be talking about is uh, antidotes to the troubles and problems and the things that might trip us up in our day-to-day life. Uh, So we all get lost sometimes, right? We all get a little unwell, Uh, whether we get caught up in other people's problems, our own worries. Uh, I like to call it toxicity. We get caught up in kind of a mind spiral a lot of the time. Uh, And it could just be anything setting us off, right? A trigger that might be, you know, a song that comes on the radio or something we see that reminds us of somebody or reminds us of a circumstance in our life that makes us very uncomfortable. Or we could just get caught up in the stress of what might be going on uh like i said day to day whether it's work whether it's relationships so antidote wise how do we treat these maladies how do we treat this toxicity how do we get out of our heads and out of the spiral i like to think of it as a kind of a you know just an anxiety cesspool if you will um, whether you have anxiety diagnosed wise, diagnosis wise or not, I mean, we, we all get caught up, like I said, and tripped up somehow. So what could be an antidote for this? Well, our defaults quite often are very unhealthy things. And that's one of the reasons I even want to bring this topic up is, okay, what can we look at as alternatives to these unhealthy behaviors, to these unhealthy uh, substances and things that we might be using as a crutch? in order to escape whatever it is that's stressing us out. And believe you me, I have been definitely, you know, somebody who's done that in the past. And still, I have my little trip ups. Uh, But what are other alternatives? What are other things that could be our own personal antidotes? And I like to think of these antidotes uh, as something separate than the crutches that we use. So maybe we should use that word to distinguish that. So we have antidotes versus a crutch or a band-aid or a seemingly, you know, solution, seem something that might just unfortunately delude us into thinking that we're getting out of the problem. So let's back up a little bit before we even get into talking about the antidotes themselves, like the more healthy antidotes, why don't we talk about these crutches? Why don't we talk about these these trip-ups, these hazards, these things that are kind of a false sense of security that we all definitely become a little succumbing to or victim to? Uh, and like I said, I am no exception to that. 
So with that, I'm going to share a little bit of my experience and I hope that, you know, this might be relatable to you because I know that I have my, my little proclivities, my little, you know, inclinations of getting caught up or like relying on these false things, these crutches instead of the antidotes that I know actually are healthier and work for me. So Okay, so the most obvious elephant in the room, the biggest one that I think we all kind of go to is alcohol, right? Alcohol or substance. And in this case, my, I mean, both are unhealthy in their own way. Uh, I'm not going to mince words there. Uh, I mean, as much as we all think alcohol is kind of the more, you know, docile, easygoing, it can very quickly and very easily become a very toxic thing in itself, especially if it becomes a crutch and a reliance to de-stress. So it's one thing that I, you know, I don't, and I don't mean to, you know, poo-poo on your parade or, you know, rain on your fun, so to speak. Um, but just realize that it, in order to use it as an escape for a problem or your mind spiral, your anxiety, it can very easily and quickly become a very toxic behavior in its own right. And, um, you know, obviously leading to the, the bigger things like alcoholism, but even then, even if it doesn't, even if it's a social drinking and you're using it to calm your nerves or whatever, I am actually personally doing the sober thing now more because I do have anxiety and I don't want it to become an issue. I don't want it to become a crutch. Um, But that's my own personal choice as it is for you as well. But just keep in mind that it can also add to your spiral. It can actually add to your anxiety. I mean, think about it. Like we drink in order to feel better and then we wake up the next morning, we feel worse and then we don't get as much done. And then, you know, so it just kind of feeds to the possible toxic uh, spiral that you're already kind of in. So just be very, very careful there. Now, I'm going to back up. Like I said, I'm going to tell you a little bit of my tale because I am no exception to this ever being, you know, part of that. I I think one of the reasons why I push away from it and shy away from it so much is because I did start to fall into the trip up and the habit and the feeling like it just had to be a part of a meal or had to be a part of after work de-stressing. And it became more of, do I really want this or am I just using this? And as a writer uh, and somebody who does a lot of independent work, you know, I have to get out of my head funk. I have to get out of my brain spiral. So it became all too easy to start sipping on a glass of wine while I'm writing and just to hopefully get out of my overcritical brain um, and perfectionism and all of those things. So I found though that that obviously, you know, turned into mind fuzz after a little while and then it turned into okay it's not helping me now now I can can't really do very good writing if I'm fuzzy right so and of course it turns into if it turns into a habit and you start relying on that to perform or do things then it has a whole other level of reliance and possible susceptibility to it becoming a addiction or a habit so that's a, an example of it 
being used in a way to just de-stress or de, you know, get out of your brain or, or whatever. But on a more extreme level, I had my rounds of using alcohol as a way of escaping. Uh, and especially in my first divorce, post-divorce, I had many, many nights of, you know, going out and obviously having fun out on the town and doing stupid things like, well, I, I was karaoke star at a bar out in Philly and I would stay out till 3 a.m. and I, I'd be having drinks all the like all the time and then t- be taking a light rail train home by myself. I mean, it's a wonder that nothing happened to me on that ride home, right? And then, like, uh, again, I that was for fun, but I will say, looking back at it, that I was in a, a definite spiral, a definite toxic zone in my brain. And so at different times during that period, I mean, there were more obvious nights of being at home in my apartment and yet, you know, lying on the floor crying and having you know, a whole bottle of wine. And, you know, so there were definite nights of that as well. And that's more of like the example of just using it to to work my way through a problem. And I don't mean to knock that because there is something to be said in some sense for different times in your life that maybe that's what we do need to get through, right? But I think we just need to be very, very careful in any kind of anything, whether it's Again, I, I'm not, I've not, never been a substance kind of person, uh, except, well, alcohol really is a substance, so I guess I have to kind of eat that one, right? Um, but just be, be very, very careful there. Be aware of where you're at with that. Uh, so anyway, that's enough said about that one, right? But the other ones that I have that are also pretty clear that we have to be a little careful as using as, again, I don't like to use the word antidote in reference to these. These are more crutches or band-aids because they aren't going to help you feel better. They aren't going to help you in the long run feel better. Food is one that I have used. Uh, And even more recently, uh, even surrounding, you know, during COVID times or surrounding my second divorce, if you will, like sugar. Oh, because I ruled out alcohol, what did I fall to? I fell to sugar, which I in different times have ruled out certain things that I, uh, you know, I used to be a gummy, gummy thing fanatic when I was writing, you know, or certain things that I just have to have something to eat while I was writing. Uh, But in this case, this was like things I normally wouldn't eat. All of a sudden, I became a cookie fanatic. And I was like, where did that come from? I'm not. I don't even really like cookies. Um, so, I mean, think to yourself, like, is this something that you would normally do if you weren't trying to escape something out of your head or some restlessness or some, you know, again, the spiral or something that's going on that you're trying to medicate for, like self-medicate for. And so, like I said, sugar. And I I will even own up to, I, I have to you know, determine whether or not I'm eating to medicate even now. Like when I'm facing stuff that's going through my head, I get caught up in anxiety and I reach for my, 
I will be very honest here. One of my biggest weaknesses is fruity marshmallows. Have any of you ever <laughs> found the little fruit? They've been around for a long time, but the little like the little fruity ones, right? And not normal marshmallows, but the little ones that. Yeah, that's that's one of my, I have a couple different things that are like my go-to weakness if I'm feeling stressed out. And every now and again, I will give in to that, even on a stress note, which is not necessarily, but you have to be forgiving to yourself as well. And I feel like at least of all of these kinds of things, that's a little, little less dangerous, but sugar is a drug in its own right, you know, like it's something that we very easily become addicted to. And especially in trying to overcome stress, it can become a habit and a very bad habit. And I know that I am not right now doing as much physical activity as that That makes me feel good, you know, and and would uh, like be better for my health. And so to add a lot of sugar to that, totally not, not a good mix. But anyway, so that's a few words on that crutch slash band-aid. But um, then there are a couple others that I, I just like to point out. One is, you know, gaming. I know that people might get a little upset for me mentioning this. It's uh, what I mean by gaming is not necessarily gambling, although that, that could be one as well. But I'm talking about gaming, like escaping in video games. And so that, uh, you know, I would say just be very careful. Escapism what, in whatever shape or form, that can be a very dangerous slippery slope too. It's not really an antidote to what's going on in your life. It's not a healthy fix. It's, it can very easily become kind of a, you know, you're, you're trying to escape what it is you're going through rather than face it. And not that I'm saying that the antidotes are actually facing the problem. What I'm talking about antidotes is more like soothing and making you come to a, a, you know, kind of a middle ground or find your, your equilibrium, if you will. Uh, but I, in my take on this, gaming is, it can be a little bit good there as escapism, but at the same time, it can also become a, I'm just running away from my problems type of thing. And in the same way, uh, that is a good little segue to the next one, social media. I have a very mixed relationship with social media because I'm building a lot of what I'm doing and, and audience wise and trying to broaden horizons through social media. I love social media for that. I love that we can connect with one of one another, especially those of us. I am currently still single solo and I get very lonely. Uh, to be honest, I get very, I feel very alone a lot of the time uh, because I'm not really surrounded where I'm at with people who believe in a lot of what we believe in and, and uh, there is a lot of negativity swirling around me and so I have to kind of go it alone at least locally, at a local level. So social media allows for me to broaden those horizons and branch out and make those kinds of connections. But the trip up here is that we all know the doom scroll, right? We all know what it is to end a day of stress or to get just in our heads and how easy it is and how automatic nowadays it is to reach for your phone. Like I do it 
all the freaking time. I used to be comfortable going out to eat by myself and just sit there and look around. This was post first divorce, I believe. And that was, I think, more because smartphones weren't really a thing. And um, now I feel like awkward kind of just sitting there doing nothing. And even stress or no stress, I feel just kind of like, oh, I I need a phone in my hand. I need to be scrolling. Not that I'm looking for anything. And it's you start asking yourself, what am I looking for? And especially those of us who have anxiety and a lot of stressful things going on or just a lot of, you know, eggs in the basket, so to speak. I feel like we're looking for peace. We're looking for camaraderie. We're looking for solace, for hope. Uh, There are so many things that we look for on social media. And it's like, is that really the place we should be looking for that? And it's like, well, yeah, in some cases, now it really is. Where else can we look for those things? I would love to say in the community around us. And it just depends, I think, on who you are surrounded by uh, or where you live. And I would love to say I could, you know, reach out next door or, you know, beyond and go find these things I'm really looking for. And maybe I could, but I think we, a lot of us, myself included, have lost with a lot of these shut doors in the last few years. I've lost some of my ability to just even go meet people and make friends. And, you know, certain things for me, I've taken drinking out of the equation for myself. So where, you know, I don't go hang out at a bar and not that that was ever (laughs) conducive to necessarily meeting the best relationships or whatever, but still, like, I feel very kind of alone and solo. So I don't know if you can relate to that. But I'm sure a lot of you do. It's like, it's a very, especially if you're an entrepreneur, especially if or even a professional in any capacity, like a lot of the time, especially if you're moving up the ladder, you feel very, very solo in that journey, sometimes not all the time. But and a lot of the time, those people around you are the ones who are contributing to your stress. So why would you reach to them? So it gets a little complicated there. So then we grab for our phone and we scroll and we disappear into that. And not that I'm saying that's always not good. I'm just saying we just need to be careful with all these things that I'm pointing out. I'm not saying don't do them. I'm just saying be careful, please. And then that's, and again, another little segue off to people. That's similar in the way that, well, no, I I will say that's actually not the same thing. But people are another one. Be careful in how you utilize other people as your personal antidote. Uh, Again, I, I don't know. There could be an antidote there. It depends on the people. Depends on how much you trust the person. Uh, But I feel very strongly that sometimes when you rely on people as your fix, then it becomes a little, I mean, okay, so this is, again, a little bit complicated. I am all about support network and all of us boosting each other up. And and please lean on people who are helpful. I'm All I'm trying to point out is, is just be careful in using that in order to get out of your own problems, so to speak, when maybe... We should be looking to ourselves a little bit more than using other people in order to escape 
if you will. So that's all I'm saying about that. But I am also going to say, you know, use the people that are good for you and that are in a symbiotic way, not in a using kind of way. So you can, you know, use and be used, if you will. <laughs> not in a bad way, though. Please, not in a toxic. That's that's not the kind of using I'm talking about. So so anyway, those are the, the carefuls I at least wanted to point out before we kind of go into what are healthier antidotes and what I, I will point out the examples of what I use as medicines that help keep me going, especially kicking me out of toxicity in my head, that is the spiral from cause from triggers, uh, or even just the day-to-day madness that we all tend to get through or go through and face that just exhausts us to our core. So what can we use as our antidotes or escapes or, you know, remedies, if you will. So ideas to try. I personally, I'll I'll point out mine just again to give a little bit of a template and an example. Uh, I know in a recent video I just recorded, actually earlier today, I pointed out two out of the three that I'm going to, but um, so the first is ocean or water. That's my biggest, I think, um, at least on a larger scale. Like, where do I go to take refuge? Where do I go to reset myself? Where do I go to right my ship? I tend to find water. And uh, if any of you can relate to this, water to me has the power and uh, to, to heal. That truly does, uh, whether it's just, and a lot of it is even the wind, where you're at with the water, it carries on it that moisture and that breath. And to me, there's a, even a bit of an edge of magic to all of that. Uh, there's an energy element there that we could get into, I think, on another podcast talking about magic. Uh, but uh, that is one of my biggest, greatest, I think, uh, I, I won't necessarily say it outweighs the other two. But yeah, that's usually like the most powerful one for me, the the antidote of antidotes. Now, another one for me is trees, is walking amongst trees, a hall of nature, a trail, um, just basically feeling them kind of breathe in, breathe out as I'm walking along or just feeling so small. And that to me just makes me kind of, again, find ground and, and truly feel right again, uh, surrounded by that. So that's, uh, one of my other antidotes. I, you know, and, and thirdly, uh, one of my, again, biggies, although this one's a little hard for me because it's, it's an escape, but at the same time, it can be a bit of a stressor in a good way, but animals, and especially my cuties. I have a, a dog and two horses, and they are my constant, like, they are my joy, they are my essence, they are my babes, and and at the same time, they are my kids. And so they have a little bit of, you know, obviously there's care and stress in, in that. 
Uh, and so they, I, I say they are my reprieve and my antidote and they are, they fix me more than anything on this planet. And yet at the same time, they also cause some of the mind, you know, the, the, the stress. And so I, I'm sure a lot of you can probably relate to that. Even with kids is like, they are your everything and they are the fix to any wound and the fix to any stress but at the same time they are still also the cause of a lot of that so that's why I even say like ocean is kind of an uninvolved party if you will (laughs) and trees but ocean is like the biggie for me where it doesn't have any kind of balance of the stress versus the 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 care there so so I okay so out of those three I would say then Anna my babes and then um ocean and those are are my like I said personal antidotes and medicine beyond medicines other things that you may want to try uh that here's some ideas music disappearing or falling into music as a way to get out of that. I think that's a pretty obvious one. We all at different points in our lives uh, use that in one way or another. I'm a singer, so singing for me is an escape as well. But I find that when I'm highly, highly stressed, I tend to not go in that direction. I think it, it like it almost touches the wound a little too much. It's a sore spot. If I, you know, it's, it's a weak point for me in, in, is music. And so sometimes that makes me feel even more vulnerable when I'm listening to music because it has the power to throw me into a memory or throw me into another mind spiral. And so that's why I, I don't find escape. I, I do find escape in that, but I don't find it as an antidote sometimes when because it's a tricky one it's one that might trip me up and that's kind of like when earlier I was referring to people that's the same thing is sometimes they are reprieve and sometimes they can also be a little bit of a part of the problem and so you have to be a little careful with with those kinds of things Um, so I tend to use things that are um a little bit more innocuous, a little bit more uninvolved, like I said, are, are sometimes our best antidotes and things that aren't going to cause us any kind of addiction or reliance or unhealthy behavior. Another one, art, art like going to an art museum. Uh, I lived in Philly for a while, so the Philadelphia Museum of Art was just amazing. Uh, and also I lived near DC for a while. So tons of museums there, tons of places to use as a a reprieve or an escape or anywhere that you might have local, or maybe you have a park that has some sculptures or, you know, even just a local exhibit. Um, I find that here in Washington state, we have a big fair every fall. Uh, used to be called the Puyallup fair. Now it's the Washington state fair. Uh, anyway, they have a big exhibit every, you know, with, with artwork by at all skill levels and um, from youth doing 4-H type things in competition, as well as professional artists and photographers put on exhibit. And I find like there's so much like just, again, reprieve in walking amongst those pieces of art and just seeing the people's expressions in so many different ways. So that's a that's a good one to try. Writing, 
can be a great antidote. I used to utilize writing as an antidote. Uh, and I still do. I, I wouldn't call it, well, I guess it is kind of an antidote. But um, it's, I journal a lot. Uh, sometimes uh, on random things, if I'm, you know, <laughs> all I have is a napkin. Uh, sometimes I just have to get things out. Like I said, I'm pretty solo right now. So sometimes I just have to write things down to get it out of my head, out of my system. In the same way, maybe you could record on your phone, like, like what I'm doing right now with a podcast. Excuse me. Um, but writing, I find there is a certain amount of flow to that and also privacy. So if you need to burn it afterward or tuck it away somewhere, I have, I don't know, hundreds probably like of just half used or who knows, some of them are full, but journals in, in tubs. Right now I'm in a lot of transitions. So I have some in storage and some here with me now. And, you know, as reference for some of the books that I'm writing and I'm just like, oh my gosh, just writing, writing, writing. Well, with that, for me, writing has become also a, you know, professional thing and something that is part of my, you know, career and aspirations. So that's where it gets tricky for me is as much as it used to be just an outlet and a reprieve and an antidote, now it's a little bit different. So what I, I keep coming back to that idea is eh, some of them have multi-layers to them. What I would encourage you to do is find the most innocent antidote that you can to you. And that's different for everybody because that to me is truly an antidote, not something that's going to maybe help you and then maybe trip you up. And so just be careful when you're kind of finding your fallback or finding your move ahead, if you will, um, that it doesn't have the possibility of helping or hindering. I would say gravitate toward the ones that help every time. That's like what I'm saying is ocean for me helps every time. If I go to the beach and the actual beach, like I live right now um, like near water all the time. So right now I'm at a house on a lake is where I'm staying. Now I um, live not just a shout over from uh, Puget Sound. And also there's a lot of rivers around here. So there's a lot of water around me, but I'm a good two hour drive from the ocean. Well, today I just came back from a drive to the ocean. And why? Well, I had some, you know, stuff kind of going on in my head today. I did want to do some recording out there and also some photos at some point in the next few weeks, but I just today had to be the day. I had to go breathe ocean. I had to go take some time, take a little bit of my medicine there. And that one, it, it worked. I, I mean, it doesn't always solve everything, but it definitely worked for, for that antidote. It, it took effect. And so that's what I'm all I'm saying here is find the ones that are going to be a little bit more uh, effective and innocent for you in the sense to where they aren't going to potentially, you know, like I said, writing or people or other things that might help sometimes, but then given on a different day or a different type of writing or a different person or, you know, might add to the mess 
add to the spiral, add to the stress that you're experiencing. Okay, so another idea, driving. That's one that I use as escapism all the time. Like, honestly, like I will own up to that one. I, I sometimes, I, I, being that I've been in a couple different smaller living circumstances lately, and I don't mind living kind of tiny, living small, but I sometimes start feeling trapped and locked in. And so I just have to get out. And I think part of it too is I haven't had a, really great home base home of my choosing for a lengthy amount of time now. And so I feel like I'm always in, you know, somebody else's home or always, even if it was my apartment for the last year, it was somebody I'm renting from somebody. So it didn't quite feel like a home to me. So where I felt at home, as oddly as this sounds, was out driving on the road. <laughs> Take to my car and at least that's mine. And at least I'm in control. And maybe it's also kind of the control freak in me is I need control of where I'm going, what I'm doing. If I start feeling trapped by my job or trapped by my life, or trapped by my circumstance that I'm still working to get to the next level, then out and just driving somewhere, sometimes just in a certain direction, makes me feel a little freer, makes me feel a little better. Uh, and I, I would say again, this is one of those that's a little harder now because it adds a little bit of stress sometimes if you get caught in traffic or it adds a little bit of stress because of all the gas prices. Um, but if you can kind of you know, give yourself a pass on some of that, or you can kind of see that as a part of the possibility there. If that is your cup of tea is going for a drive. That's a good one, I think. Um, And then people, friends, you trust. So the good people that are going to help you and not naysay your dreams, the people are going to not, you know, tell you you're silly that they're actually going to boost you up. So this is where I flip on what I, you know, I said careful with certain reliances, even the comfortable, quote unquote, comfortable ones that maybe are, you know, family members that mean well, but then they mean well and then tell you, you know, to not do that creative thing and get a real job, you know, because they love you and they care about you. But you know, so this is what I'm saying, though, is those that you really, truly believe, that believe in you and that you can trust, those are a great, 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 great antidote. And, you know, somebody, somebody who truly is your cheerleader. I mean, I, I am still seeking like my crew, if you will, that would do that even more. Um, and I would love to say that that would be one of my antidotes as well. Um, so I have a few, but, uh, still seeking that one. Kudos and great if you have that as yours. Uh, an activity, obviously anything that's physical, that gets you moving, gets you out of your head and into your body. That's a fantastic thing. Uh, it doesn't have to be an exciting activity. It can be as simple as stretching or meditation is fantastic. I know a lot of people tout that and I believe in that greatly. I, I think I have trouble sitting still and meditating sometimes, which I, I, because I have trouble at it, it's one of those things I at least personally know that I should probably work out a little bit more 
for is slowing myself down and giving myself passes and actually realizing that's very, very important to my mental health as to anybody's mental health, I think is introspection and time to just let yourself, your body relax and re- recuperate. Um, and, you know, it, that to me is a very mental and physical uh, connector uh, in, as an antidote there is anyway uh, activity wise too you could I mean again make it wild and crazy if that's soothing for you if rock climbing or skydiving is soothing for you <laughs> or gets you out of your spirally mind hey go for it um, for me it's more of like I said something like stretching or doing something that I think that comes easily to us. Although, you know, putting pressure on and and working for something can be also a antidote, but at least for me personally, it's finding the things that that make you feel more at rest, at ease, at peace, because we don't necessarily, we don't want to add to the stress. Okay. That's, that's the whole point here is not, is taking away and finding our our reprieve and our our medication, if you will. Um, And then comedy. That's one that I just, I I hadn't had on my list initially, but I decided to add. I mean, because golly, that that to me is an escape, but an an escape, you know, again, you have to be a little careful of like, is something uh, with this person's comedy act going to trigger you? But sometimes just laughing and whether it's, Again, with good people, or whether it's watching, you know, specials on Netflix or whatever. <laughs> I have one that I go to actually. I that's why I wanted to add this is Taylor Tomlinson. If you have not checked out her specials, there's two of them on Netflix. And I know this is funny to be plugging this on here, but I just I find it. It you know she addresses issues of like mental health and things that just have you know, me in stitches and I can watch and rewatch and it makes me feel like somebody knows what I'm going through or knows what we're going through. If you happen to have any kind of mental health issues and, and, uh, things that you might be dealing with that. And she makes it real, like, cause it is real and it shouldn't be something that has a stigma attached to it. And, um, you know, and even the, the topic of taking actual medication, uh, she brings that up too. Um, Again, the to me, laughing at those kinds of things and making light of that while also respecting and knowing that those are very serious topics. And I think we all know that, but um, laughter can be the best medicine. So, so those are... I I don't have an exhaustive list here. I I always like to, you know, I don't want to go overboard over overboard and overwhelm you with ideas. I think those are a great list to start with uh for antidotes. So, like I said, I have mine ocean, trees, animals. Oh, you, you can't I keep coming back to that one. Like I said, it's complicated when it's my babies because it's they're my babies. Uh, but animals in general, like any kind of animal work, any anything volunteer for a shelter. Vol- I mean, there are a lot of stressors involved in some of those, especially if you're, you know, working with animals that have gone through certain circumstances. Uh, but oh gosh, 
the 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 reward and the reprieve and the antidote just being around animals so anyway sorry i digress uh and then okay so ocean trees animals are mine then music art writing driving friends that you trust activities of any kind and that includes meditation as well and comedy laughter Okay, so I think that's a great list to start with. I hope that helps you in, again, getting out of any kind of mind spiral, mind mud, as I call it, uh, and just regular day-to-day or heavy, heavy stress. I, I know, like I said, I, I deal with a lot of different, I'm realizing right now that, you know, and I always have kind of known, I have a lot of deep-seated, you know, toxic things that sometimes rear their ugly heads at different times during my, my life's journey here. And how do you get out of that and get back on track and get back to that positive space of moving forward or working toward your dream or, or having a healthy relationship with somebody? And uh, at many times, we just need these, these antidotes these things that will help get us out of that, even if just for a breath, for a moment, for a time. Uh, and hopefully some of these you can integrate into your daily life, as well as the, the long term. Um, I, I think one of my greatest aspirations is to live right by the ocean, on the ocean. And that way I wake up every single day and that's right in front of me. And so with that, Maybe, like I said, try to integrate one of these in your every day. And that way you will have your antidote right at your fingertips. I hope this podcast episode has been helpful. I hope everything is going well for you. And I truly hope that I can help in some way. If this has not helped in in whatever you're going through, please feel free to take advantage of any of the other free resources I have over at amyinfinity.com. We have a lot of other podcast episodes, all uh, coming back to the idea of courage, of course, but also going in a lot of different directions to help you get on track, stay on track on the pursuit of your yourself, your identity, finding who it is you truly are meant to be in this world, and then achieving those things because it is all possible. You are possible in anything that you decide that you choose to do in this life and world. You deserve it and you will get there. I love you very much. I hope to see you. Uh, I'm all over social media, doing a lot more in the video realm right now. I have a couple different programs and things that I'm about to release, including uh, an upcoming real-life magic master class. And I have an untamed program that I think will rock your world. So please feel free to come over and check those out. uh, And I'll be releasing more about them as we go along just in the next few weeks. We're almost there. So uh, like I said, I love you very, very much. I hope you're having a wonderful day and you take care of you. I'll see you around. You have been listening to the Key to Courage podcast. For more inspiration, resources, and to get you to that next level, come find me over at amyinfinity.com and infinitegumption.com. I'll see you there.